I've never sailed an awful lot. I was too poor to have a boat, but I did have a few friends who had sailboats, and I would go with them and thoroughly enjoyed it. It is, it is a fun thing to do unless there's no wind. Then you get out there and you're, you're not in any peril. You're safe, but there's no wind. You're in what sailors call the irons and what we landlubbers call uh, the doldrums. You just no wind, you're just sitting there waiting for the next puff of wind. Now life has some times like that too when there's just no wind, you're just sort of waiting there hoping something's going to come along. It's true in a marriage, you know, there's no, no peril but no excitement going on there. It's true in a business where there are no, you know, you're okay but it's business as usual. It's true in organizations, even the church, where everybody's coming and eating the chicken dinners and you're having this, but it's just no pizzazz. And it's true in your spiritual life. It's not that you've had a recent conversion or epiphany from God. And it's not that you've had any hard times. It's just that you're sort of putting one step in front of the other, spiritually speaking. And that's what we want to talk about today. And a jumping off spot, if you will, is that 23rd Psalm, which capsulizes in the two extremes, I think, when we are most keenly aware and intimately involved with God. For it says, there are those green pastures, still waters that he leads us to. You know those days. Those days when you cut into the watermelon and it is ripe and juicy. When, when there's a new baby in the family and it's got all fingers and toes and it's all pretty and rosy and smells like talcum powder. A new car sits in the driveway. A child has just graduated or gotten a good job. Oh yeah, those are green days. Uh, or maybe you've gotten a, a promotion at work. The boss pats you on the back and hands you a big paycheck. Special anniversary. Your honey meets you at the door with a real pretty face on her and a little smile on her. And she says, come on in here, big boy. <laughs> yeah. The strawberries are ripe and juicy. You're at the beach, slathered up with sunscreen, cold drink in your hand, the sound of children, the waves lapping in the water. The doctor calls and says, hey, you know those tests you took the other day? Everything turned out fine. Eat all the gravy you want to eat. <laughs> yeah. Those green valley days, those green pastures and still waters days, those are the days when you just, even the, those of us who are sort of emotionally uh, Internally, you know, not, we just want to say, yes, Lord. Oh, I recognize his presence here. This is a rainbow day. This is a green valley, still water day. This is the day I know God is here. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you for all that you give to me. The sun shines on me today. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's not hard to find God when the watermelon is red and juicy. Because goodness, that unmistakable goodness that comes to our life 
is a part of a gift from God, and all of us recognize that. But the psalm also recognizes those dark valleys, those shadowy valleys that come in our life, and you've been there too. You cut into the watermelon and it's hot and soured. The baby, this new baby has colic and smells bad. The car in the driveway has leaks coming from several parts and you're not quite sure where it is because you can't crank it, the battery's dead. Your kids have disappointed you. Your friends have made a joke of you. You got a Dear John letter or phone call. There's the anniversary, or the first anniversary of your spouse's death. The boss comes in and says to you, we're downsizing, you know, and here's the pink slip. The doctor calls and says, you know those tests we took the other day? I think I better call a specialist. You open the door and your honey looks at you and says, big boy, here are your suitcases. You lay on the beach and a hurricane comes and blows your cottage away. Or seriously, you're in ICU. Or you're standing outside the ER. Or by the open throat of a grave. Those shadowy valley days. And on those days, it is not hard to find God either because even atheists, there are no atheists in foxholes, you know. On those days, you lift up your arms and say, oh God, or no God, or why God, but God is there, and you know that. In those green valley days and those shadowy days, God is there and intimately involved with you, whether you be wrestling with him or whether you be celebrating with him. He is there and you do not have to look far to find him in those days. I don't know about you, but for me, there are a few of those days, have been a few of those days in my life, many days really. But most of my days, to be honest with you, are not like that. Most of my days are on that long, dusty road between the green pastures and the shadowy valleys. They're what I call the in-between days. You might call them the doldrum days, the humdrum days. When you're putting one foot in front of the other, and it's not that things are bad, it's just that things are the same as they've always been. Those in-between days in life that comprise most of our life, to be honest. Those same old, same old days. That's what we want to talk about. Not the days when an angel hovers over your shoulder and not the days when the devil is sticking his pitchfork in you, but those regular days. Let's talk about that. First, I want to remind you that most everybody lives their life that way. Most of us don't live on the very high, spiritually, emotionally, or any other way, or the very low. Some of you do. Maybe you've known some people who are these manic people who are always manic. They're wonderful to be around for about 15 minutes, and after that, you start looking for the door. There's just too much energy there. And certainly, we've all known people who've been low all the time, blue all the time, and we, we, we sort of get in that shape, too. Most of us live sort of level, spiritually and every other way. 
fact, I look at life of Jesus and I find that that was true with him too. He's my model. I mean, we, we've got the birth narratives in the Gospels and we've got that little episode when he was 12, remember? He got lost from his parents or his parents thought he was lost. But other than those episodes, there's nothing about his life for 30 years. I mean, for 30 years he did what carpenters do. He sawed boards and he made boats and he put up shelves and helped people with gates and hung doors. He talked to people and neighbors. He ate meals. He went to the synagogue. He read the scripture. And at nights he sat on the flat roof of his house along with his friends and the ate dates and nuts and listened to the wind blow through the eucalyptus trees a regular day, an ordinary day. He went fishing sometimes with his buddies and he listened. You don't think that it was the first time he'd been to a wedding when he went to the wedding at Cana and turned the water into wine, do you? No, he had done that before. You don't think it was the first time he'd ever been in the synagogue and stood up and read the scroll, do you? No, he'd done that before. But all those 30 years, there were layer upon layer of experiences that built his character and his value system and who he was and his mission in life. For 30 years, nothing was recorded, but everything was important. Several weeks ago, I went fishing with my 14-year-old grandson. It was a hot day. The water was muddy, and the worms weren't cooperating. So we spent the afternoon, the greater part of the afternoon, doing nothing, I guess. In those time together, there was no great time when my grandson looked at me with my white hair and said, Oh, wise grandfather, talk to me about the meaning of life. And I didn't say to him, oh, son, grandson, tell me about the angst of learning to be a teenager. I mean, we just sat down and drowned worms together and got in the truck and drove back. There are no pictures to show. There's no, no log in our journal about it. Was it important from a fisherman's standpoint? No, not much. Was it important? He probably won't remember it, and maybe in another week or two, I won't remember it. I don't remember much anymore after a week or two. <laughs> but it was important. Because life, you see, importance often is layered with layer after layer, thin ply after thin ply that build up to that which is valuable. Important in and of itself, but added together becomes important. So often we want God to speak to us in bucketfuls when rather perhaps he'd want us to feed us one spoon every day. Life doesn't always live with the highs or the lows. It's usually right here. And so we need to learn to live with the everyday, with the in-between days, and to be aware of God. Now, I want to say that while it's normal and natural for us to have those in-between days, there are dangers there. You know, a marriage can go along pretty well with the so, 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 but after a while, if you're not careful, it can, it can sort of rot from the inside. Worst thing a man can hear is why say, honey, we need to talk. You know, he wants to talk about the Redskins or something. 
But sometimes, honey, we need to talk. And sometimes a business can just go along doing business as usual, but every now and then somebody needs to come in and, and spark it. It needs to have a sale to add a new line to do something different. An institution or organization, even a church, can go along with meetings as usual, but sometimes there needs to be somebody who says, let's try something different. Let's do this instead of that. Let's invite so-and-so. Something different. And in your spiritual life, there are times when it's okay to be... It's all still, but there are times when you need to ask God to come in and energize you and sort of shake you and to move you, to point you in a new direction. So that in the in-between days that we, you and I generally live, we need to do what Brother Lawrence, the medieval monk, called the practicing the presence of God. Every day, Brother Lawrence said, he would go to chapel, he would listen to the Gregorian chants. He would spend over an hour in his cell in prayer and meditation. They would say grace before meals. But he said in all of those spiritual exercises, he never discovered the presence of God as fully as when he was kneading bread in the kitchen, recognizing that even in that simple act of serving and ministering and the aroma of that yeast coming up into his nostrils reminded him of the presence of God. He was, a, he was in the cook in the kitchen, and as he cleaned the floor, the tile floor with a soapy brush, he was reminded of the cleansing power of God. So that even the simplest exercises in life reminded him of the presence of God. Now, I'm not, I know that we need some spiritual discipline in our life, and you'd have that. There's a reason you're at church. One of the great spiritual disciplines we have is to come to church, to constantly, on a weekly basis, to remind us of the presence of God. But I'm saying that every day, in the simple acts of life, you and I need to be reminded of the presence of God so that whatever comes in that unexpected time, good or bad, we are not surprised by God. We are not confronted by God. We are with God. And that's natural for us. So folks, let's, let's face it. There are green pasture days in our life and there are dark shadowy valley days in our life. And in those days it is not difficult for us to find the presence of God. But in those long, dusty, in-between days, between those times, we live out our life day by day by day by day, ordinary, foot, one foot in front of the other. And in those days, we are truly tested spiritually. We are truly tested in those days. For it's easy to find God on the extremities. It's here where we live on a daily basis that we find difficulty. And let us be reminded then that it is God who is every, there for us every day and every step of the way. And we get his grace usually by the spoonful. And that, my friends, every day is good medicine. Shall we pray? Our Father, we thank you for those times when we exalt and celebrate in your presence, and we thank you for those times when you're there, when times are dire and dark. 
But today, we thank you for those times when, which are ordinary, usual, routine, even humdrum. Help us to recognize your presence there, too. Help us to understand the importance of every day, of being aware of your presence and of your grace, so that those everyday experiences can build our faith in such a way that when we come upon that unexpected, we are not surprised. But because your grace has supported us every day, every day is a day in your presence. In the name of Christ, we offer this our prayer. Amen.